Nothing sets quality time to us quite like a road trip. And we love every part. The rest stops, the not-so-healthy snacks, the car games. It's all an adventure. We have a road trip coming up, and I'm so excited to just unplug from the world and connect with our kids. Penn, humor me for a second. Close your eyes and try to picture the perfect car for a road trip. Hmm, so I'm seeing like a massive amount of cargo space, you know, so that packing could be a little bit easier for you. And so kind of you. <laughs> well, thankfully, the perfect car is more than just a dream because the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has all that and so much more. And you can learn more at NissanUSA.com. And if you love road trips as much as we do, Check out the new season of Roundabout for stories about road trips, relationships, and the memories made along the way. Be sure to tune into our episode to hear more about the rest stop that taught Penn how to slow down on the hot fries. I still can't believe we told that story on a <laughs> on microphone. A microphone. Yep, we did. <laughs> season two is live now with episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Nothing says quality time to us quite like a road trip. And we love every part. The rest stops, the not-so-healthy snacks, the car games. It's all an adventure. We have a road trip coming up, and I'm so excited to just unplug from the world and connect with our kids. Penn, humor me for a second. Close your eyes and try to picture the perfect car for a road trip. Hmm, so I'm seeing like a massive amount of cargo space, you know, so that packing could be a little bit easier for you. And so kind of you. <laughs> well, thankfully, the perfect car is more than just a dream because the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has all that and so much more. And you can learn more at NissanUSA.com. And if you love road trips as much as we do, Check out the new season of Roundabout for stories about road trips, relationships, and the memories made along the way. Be sure to tune into our episode to hear more about the rest stop that taught Penn how to slow down on the hot fries. I still can't believe we told that story on a <laughs> on microphone. On a microphone. Yep, we did. <laughs> season two is live now with episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. Thank you so much for hitting the button that makes you start the Holderness Family Podcast. Just a reminder, every Thursday during our time on The Amazing Race, we have these special recap podcasts that we're doing. This is not that. This is our regular Tuesday. We need to be better people and know more about what's happening in our child's life. Or our Podcast. lives or, or anybody's our, yes. lives. Yeah. And um, it'd be great if you could subscribe if you want to and leave a review. Yeah. So we got this recent review. Thank you for sending these in and for typing them on the bottom of whatever the Google machine is that you have. This is from Leave the Nets. They said, thanks for being vulnerable in your experiences and opening up to our, your lives. To the rest of us, I find myself relating to you and learning something from every episode. Thanks for the laughs and for the great content. She mentioned learning, and I'm glad she mentioned learning because we are talking about high school learning, we are talking about higher learning, and we are talking about learning how to deal with higher learning institutes today. Um, and it's it's something that's been on both of our minds. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of these podcasts stem out of conversations we have with friends or, you know, within our community. And just because the age of our kids right now, there's a lot of conversation about college. And I know yeah. at this point, a lot of people have found out or they're finding out where they're going. Um, but I just wanted to back it up a bit and talk about applying for college doesn't happen 
in one season. It's like a multi-level. It's a it's a it's years long right. process in which you have to, you know, our daughter, for example, in her homeroom class has to do a project where they're looking at 10 different colleges and comparing cost and emissions. So they get the kids talking about it in school starting pretty early. So that's why we wanted to reach out and find out from an expert and boy, is this guy an expert. You know, when should we have these conversations? Should we be having these conversations as as a parent? Should the kids be leading this process? Yeah, I mean, there's just such a, there's such a gulf between the way that we did it and the way that it's being done now. And the guy that we're bringing on hopefully is going to bridge that gap. I will say that that process of applying for college, it's one of those things that it, it was so intense that you do like you remember it, right? Yeah. When you course. applied, do you remember, do you remember how many colleges you applied to? Do you remember kind of what the essays were? Yeah. Um, did your mom have you fill out all the paperwork or did she fill out? I did. So that's what I'm saying. No, I did. Did your mom do it? No, I did all of it. I was going to say, I I know a lot of people whose parents, not the essay, but like the filling out of things. Oh no, I did everything. And so I think that like our kids are going to be pretty motivated by this, but I also don't want to like mental health wise. I think you're going to hear me ask a lot of questions about, you know, why it's why now, like 20 years ago when we were doing this, it didn't seem like you just kind of, I don't know. It just seems like it's been, there's a frenzy around it now that I don't know if I want to participate in. And so you're going to hear me asking a lot of those questions about how to kind of remove yourself from that yeah. and how to like, so, so we don't participate and add to the frenzy. But also I, Ethan, I just want to hear him talk and listen yeah. to everything he has to say. Cause he's so calming. And I think you guys are going to really love him. Yeah. The conversation could have gone on for even longer. Uh, we were very happy for the time that we gave him, but we're also really grateful. That he the- gave us. That, sorry, that he gave us. <laughs> also, I'm really grateful for. I'm really grateful for what I gave Ethan. Especially, <laughs> we talked about the fart jar at the end of the, um, oh, the episode. But no, I will say, even though the conversation had to get clipped at some point, he left us with a lot of good. I don't want to call it homework, but a lot of great resources that are going to be in the show notes about places that you can go. So make sure you check those notes, and he'll also mention them during the podcast. Yes. So um, also. One of my big questions was about what happens when you have kids. There's so many kids in our community who can't pay for a college, you know, admissions specialists or that. And so he he does an amazing thing to help to make sure that all kids are are getting this advice. And so it isn't just, you know the rich kids, you know, that are getting this advice and he's going to talk all about it. And I'm, I'm such a fan. So Ethan Sawyer is a nationally recognized college essay expert and author of Amazon bestsellers, college essay essentials and college admissions essentials. Each year, he and his team reach more than a million students and counselors through the college essay guy blog, online pay what you can courses, workshops, books, and one-on-one work raised in Spain, Ecuador, and Colombia. Ethan has studied at 17 different schools and has worked as a teacher, curriculum writer, voice actor, community organizer, and truck driver. A graduate of Northwestern University, Ethan holds an MFA from UC Irvine and lives in Los Angeles with his wife and daughter. Welcome to the show, Ethan. I'm so glad to be here. Hi, friends. Hi. Hello. So I've, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. This is an audio medium, but I've already got a good vibe about Ethan. He's oh, yeah. drinking tea. He looks very pleasant. He has a fireplace. <sighs> He's already calmed me down a little bit about this. And as we've said... It's very hard to be calm as a parent 
in the face of college admissions. You're about to tell us that it's it's not a big deal, but I'm just telling you right now, it's hard. I know. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not a big deal. So like we, we went through this, I you know, having done this for like 15 years or whatever, I was like, it's going to be good. And Zola is going to be fine. Our daughter's seven. And then she went through like the application process to kindergarten. <laughs> Oh and I was right? like, what? There's an application process for yes. kindergarten? Yes, there and is. It was, it was hard in Los Angeles. So I feel like I just got a glimpse of it. So there's a way that I get it. I mean, I get that it's hard, but there are there are things that we can focus on. I'll say this at the start. There are things that we can focus on to make it more useful. But I'm not it's not going to be. I don't know. It's it's not fun all the way through. So I just want to like affirm that and acknowledge that 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 is a thing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, you know, in our day, I love it when people start sentences with in our day, in our day, you know, yeah, we wrote the essay and we took our SATs and we either got in or we didn't. Now, I feel as if if you aren't following the college essay guy or paying for a private consultant or doing something that like it seems it seems as if every that's the language that's being used with me for for mm. our 15 year old or like oh we have to hire this person or go to or get this book about how to write your, you know do all this stuff when did that change was there a point in which that changed or has it always been like that and we just didn't participate you know i think we're like the same age actually so i think it's like within the last you know, 20 years or whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I don't have a sense of like, to me, there weren't like certain markers of it. I think for in like popular culture, there have been like indications that, Oh, this, you know, crap has gotten crazy. Um, that, that it's like gotten more insane, Mm -hmm. but I think it's been sort of, we've been on a trend in terms of and going that way. There, there's evidence though, that things are shifting a little bit. So I want to like offer folks here at the start, like evidence that there is, like with the test optional movement, for example, yeah, which means that in some cases for some schools, tests will be less important, but it, you know, you can flip that on its head and say, even with certain folks that that can stress people out even more. Cause then they're like, do I test? Do I not test? Yeah. But my sense is that, you know, that for over the last few years, yeah. With, with more promoting the U S news and world report rankings. And here's the thing, here's sorry, I'm just going to jump in. This is like a better answer to this. I think that actually, if I were to point to like a big indicator, I think it's the the rise of focus on rankings, which, mm-hmm. you know, promote these like what my friend Akil Bello calls the highly rejective colleges. <laughs> yeah. Like highly rejective colleges, highly rejective schools, wow. right? HRCs, if you want to <laughs> exactly. abbreviate them. Yeah. And, and, and it's and the truth is that most students get into most schools if we go nationally, like the average acceptance rate at schools among the thousands of schools that are available are, you know, is like between 60 and 70%. Wow. And the problem is that folks are focused on these schools that are lower than 10%. And we are setting, oftentimes we set our sights on, you know, success means getting into one of these schools and failure means not getting into one of these top 10% schools. And so we're just setting ourselves up for disappointment in many cases. How much of your job is bridging the gap? between where we were and where things are now. I'm sure the majority of your conversations are with parents. The majority of the people who are listening to this podcast are parents who are either in this season, they're going to get into it eventually, or they've gotten done with it and they're shell-shocked and wondering what happened. (laughs) Tell me, like, help me bridge the gap because I'm still in the back in my day thing. I mean, we mentioned essays and we mentioned the admissions, but what are some other things that you run into where you've got to talk us through like, hey, Penn, 
it's not like this anymore. Well, here's the thing. It's like, I think, so the reason that I do this is that I feel like this process can be a beautifully connective, uh, you know, opportunity for self-growth. And I say connective, I mean, students connecting with themselves, connecting with their, you know, family members, the people who know them best, because they're basically, when I think about just the college essay, they're basically doing an assessment of like, okay, where have I been? Who am I now? And who do I think I might be? And the way that I describe it is like, who am I on the verge of becoming? And if, if students can kind of focus on that process and not do I get into X school or not, then it totally shifts the thing. And so when I do talk to parents and mostly I, I end up talking to students, <laughs> but it's like, how do we focus on what is that awesomeness that you have to offer and, and affirming those things. So helping students like find those things and then affirm that those are awesome things to talk about. And that suddenly shifts the thing. And it's like, oh, I can actually focus on, there are certain things that I can control in this process. And that can be a really centering force, a real anchor when there's so much that's that's sort of unknown. And I have like, if we want to get into it at some point, some like practical things that we could like do together. To Absolutely, talk about get, get into it. Because I mean, you, okay. what you're saying is, is very 30,000 feet and it's very encouraging to hear, but like, yeah, we need the real tools. Well, let's, do you all want to do like a, a one minute essay exercise like a like yes a and and i okay. do i will say i do have a lot more just like general questions too but yeah. let's get We've to the time. yeah let's let's get to it yes okay great so um it's gonna be kind of this is kind of like an improv game i love that it i stole and just moved over here and i'm gonna just open up a thing because i'm gonna take notes so who's gonna be the guinea pig because it's easier if one of you talks at once but who wants to be the guinea pig here do, do you want to rock paper scissors for it okay ready rock, do you want to do it okay, ready? Ready? one two three we're very stubborn. Okay, yeah. I, I, I won. Poor predictable pen. He always does rock. Good old okay. rock. Nothing beats that. <laughs> um, it, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So great. So Kim won paper yeah. over rock because pen went rock twice. Just I wanted to give the yes. nothing beats the, rock. The commentary. <laughs> <laughs> very stubborn. I feel like we're in the cruise too. Exactly. Which, by the way, is a really. I don't know if y'all seen the cruise too. It's so awesome. Not anyway. two. I've seen one. Yes. Okay. Two is like twice as good. Oh, good. Anyway. Love it. Okay. So Kim, I'm going to, I'm going to set a little timer here and I'm going to have you make a list of things that you love. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and I'll, and I'll give you an example. You know, my name's Ethan and I love board games. I love snacks. I love the quality of light outside my window. Oh, this right will be now. fun. This is great for you, honey. Honestly, I need to do this exercise because I feel like I'm in my mid forties and I don't have hobbies or yeah, I'm anything. super glad that this is so you. I so my, my my list would go on for nine hours. And whereas I'm like, Ooh. yeah, okay, okay, I like this. Okay, okay, great. So um, I'm going to set a timer uh, for a minute, and I want you to just make a list of things that you love, starting now. My name is Kim. I love nothing more than a Friday night in my sweatpants sitting on the couch. <laughs> I love books specifically about World War II, France during World War II. I love sitting on the couch next to my family, like when my entire family can fit on one couch and we can all share from the same bag of chips. Um, see, I need some hobbies. They don't I, have to be hobbies. I do. I, I do love exercising. Mm -hmm. I do. That's if I, I, I don't love one specific form of exercise, but I love getting outside. I love a hike. Yeah. I love doing the trails in our community. Don't I need a hobby, honey? I love to cook. I love to cook. Hobbies. It could no. be like 
Oh, yeah. I like my husband. You can say that. <laughs> I like my husband. I love to cook. I love to write. One of my favorite things we do is we have a blog, and I love to write the blogs there, which has nothing to do with silly videos. But I do love to cook and find new recipes. And then I'll never make the same recipe twice because I always think I can improve it. But really, I can't improve it. They, they tested it, and they made it better. But I try to make it better, and it's always a... S show. Great. 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 That's our minute. And I didn't do a beep, but here's a beep. So, okay. So Friday night in sweatpants on the couch with the family, books on World War II France, sitting on the couch with family, sharing chips, exercise and hiking, trails, cooking, my husband in parentheses after <laughs> yeah, some nudging. I had to force that out of her. <laughs> Writing, improve. And the thing that you didn't say that I heard is like, is there like a improving or tweaking things? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's pick one of these things that you feel like you could like go on and on about. Is there one of them that you heard that you're like, oh, I could, I could, we're not literally going to talk for 10 minutes about this, but you could definitely talk for 10 minutes about probably a lot of these things. What can I talk for 10 minutes? Don't look at me, babe. This is you. I can also, I can help if it, yeah. Trails sounds kind of interesting. Trails slash hiking. Yeah. There's something around like cooking slash improving or tweaking things. Yes. Yeah. We could do cooking. We could do cooking. Yeah. Okay. Great. So let's say that we're going to do the cooking essay and I'm going to flash up a screen that folks won't be able to see, but we can like share on the show notes. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't actually share my screen. Um, <laughs> Cause we, this we, is we, our zoom. Sorry. Maybe, that's okay. Maybe Leanne will give me screen sharing permissions. Go ahead. Since no one else can go. see it. Got it. Okay. You got, got it. it. Okay. Great. Here it comes. So can you see this list? Yes. Of values? Yeah. There's a long list of words. I'm going to let everyone know what we're looking and, at. It's a we, long list of words that seem very affirming. And we, we will link to this in the show yes. notes. Yes. This is this is the values exercise. So what I want you to do again, we're we're only gonna take like a minute for this, but I want you to list as let's just talk about cooking. We're going to talk about cooking and I'm adding this other thing that I think is going to be like a really cool thing to add on this improving or tweaking things. But let's let's go with let's go with cooking. And I want you to just list what are the values that you see on this list that you feel like connect back to cooking? Mm. Curiosity, gratitude. Oh, I like that. Creativity. Yeah. Some self-love. Also, you know, some accountability in that, like, I have to feed my family. (laughs) (laughs) And I do try to, you know, cook recipes from different areas because I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying, what's the word? You know, I'm trying to experiment and, you know, think a little more globally with stuff I present that's oftentimes ends in disaster. Yeah. Great. Great. So I'm going to share this list real quick with you and I'm going to say some of the things back to you. You know, you mentioned curiosity, gratitude, creativity, self-love, accountability, and something like global awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, Do these feel like pretty, and this is kind of an obvious leading question, but do these feel like pretty important values in your life in general? Yeah. Okay, cool. So then if we had more time, we could go, okay, well then how is curiosity? Like how else does that manifest in your life? Mm-hmm. And we could, you know, talk about that. And then I'd, I'd love to hear about creativity. Like how is that a driving force in your life? And how else does your creativity manifest itself? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, even though we start as we're talking about cooking, suddenly this is much more about you and all of these driving forces. And in parentheses, these are all the sort of what I call nutritional elements that are going to help you show college admission officers the awesomeness that you're going to be bringing to a college campus and that you are a person who is accountable and who is creative and who's on their journey of self-love 
and who takes larger things into account. And so it presents as a cooking essay, but it suddenly it starts to become in each paragraph about some of these other things mm-hmm. and how they manifest in your life. What if I had said sitting on the couch is the thing I could talk about for 10 minutes? Then, could, we have written then, an essay about sitting could, on the couch. You could, because sitting on the couch means more to you for reasons that go way deeper than sitting on a couch. You like the closeness without having to be like overly... Communicative. Right. <laughs> you just like the closeness. And and there, I mean, yeah, I think you could do this with anything. I, you can't, because basically, if we had more time again, you know, I'd be like, do the values exercise and what are those different qualities? And I heard already family. Mm-hmm. And I also imagine that you're a person who likes to go and do. Mm-hmm. And so the couch represents the like, okay, I'm pausing, stopping. And that's me like super leading. Yeah. But yeah. I imagine that it represents an opposite force in your life that's really important to you. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of think, I, I kind of feel like you could kind of do this with everything. And, and so what we're looking for is what are these elements of our life that allow us, and this is just like one exercise, but like, what are these elements of our life that allow us to get in and talk about lots of different sides of ourselves in ways that feel like kind of hopefully somewhat fun or interesting, or at least like start to get us like in flow and like, okay, yeah, I could do this because we don't have to choose cooking. It could be world war two, mm-hmm. you know, battles, which I- would be kind of a funny topic, but doable. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at mint mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. You've already grabbed a few things for our next beach trip, right? I grabbed the tiered maxi dress in black and you know what it has? Well, if it's you, because you want to have like the pockets, right? Pockets! I'm already thinking of grabbing two more in lilac and blue because once you find one thing you like, you just have to get it multiple colors. Plus, lightweight and breathable at half the cost I'd pay at another retailer. All right, friends, it is time to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Holderness for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Holderness to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Holderness. Okay, listeners, as you know, we talk a lot about ADHD on our show. And how to love and support those who have it. And nobody does it better than my lovely wife, Kim. Oh, thanks, Ben. Yeah, one thing about ADHD, especially for kids, is that the feeling of boredom can be especially intense. That's for sure. And one place most kids struggle with boredom is in the car ride. Yeah, when you're in that ride, you may want to whip out the smartphone or the tablet, and it can be an intense need whether your kid has ADHD or not. They get sucked right in, and they receive those shots of dopamine straight 
straight to the dome. When I want to play music or listen to a podcast, I get a little worried about inappropriate words or messaging, so it's not always easy agreeing on what to listen to. Right, so Kim and I want to share with you a new podcast we discovered called Wild Interest, and it's got something for all of us. That's right, Wild Interest is the first and only podcast out there created and hosted entirely by kids. It covers so many fun and interesting topics from what is a leap year to the solar eclipse to an NFL quarterback. It's funny and interesting enough to even hold Penn's ever-wandering attention. And that's saying something. Give it a listen. Find Wild Interest anywhere you get your podcasts. That was really helpful and fun to hear about how cooking could be a college essay. I have, you know, back to, to rewind a bit. We talked about the, the acceptance rates at these schools and how, yeah, there's this, this college ranking. And one of the exercises my daughter has to do in one of her homeroom classes is like she has to compare all these colleges and their acceptance rates and stuff. And it just seems overwhelming. But when it comes down to it, isn't there a school for everybody? Aren't these all pretty good schools? I mean, I went to, I was accepted into, I, I think you went to, North, I was expect, accepted into Northwestern. We couldn't pay for it. So I was like right. going to go, so we just couldn't afford it. And I was yep. going to go deep into debt. And so that didn't make sense for my family. So I went to the University of Florida. Great journalism school. Fine. It's a fine yeah. school. It's he, a great school. It's a great school. Uh, but it's a state school. And I grew up in Florida. And so it doesn't have this like prestige ranking that Northwestern had. He went to UVA. It's a very fancy school. But when it comes down to it, we're doing the same job. We're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're doing the same thing and we went to very, we had very different experiences. Right. Aren't they all, isn't it like what you make of it? I, yeah. And I will add this. I have never gotten a job because of where I went to college. Not a single one, not, in the, not, not in the television industry. And then when we started our own business, the only person who had to hire me was you. So like, I will always say that I love that. I went to Virginia and I met great people there. You are right. It does have like, th there are a lot of students around who are like, Ooh, that's where I want to go to school. And, and the reason why I ask him like, why do you want to school there? Cause it's so hard to get into. Right. Do you know anything else about the school except that it's hard to get into? Cause it, it's almost like the boyfriend who's mean to you yeah, that you want to, totally. that you want to date. And that's, that's what's happening with our teenagers. Totally. It's also like like these, like someone described it recently as like fashion brands. It's like, well, not everybody can wear whatever. Right. And so it becomes like a brand that you're wearing. And, but you're, of course you're right. Like, of course it's what you make of it. And, you know, the, the, the thing about fit is that students do end up being attracted to these schools that they've heard of, but I'd never heard of Northwestern before I, before someone was like, Hey, have you heard of Northwestern? Right. <laughs> and so I think the things that students don't do is like spend as much time thinking about this as they do about like what pair of headphones. And this is like for me, cause I love head, you know, good <laughs> headphones, but like to treat this, like, you know, a, a hopefully fun shopping trip and actually go into places. And, you know, there are resources that we can talk about to find those schools that might actually not be on their radar because sure, you're going to say that Harvard is better than X school you've never heard of because you've never heard of it. So, but really that's in terms of finding fit, if students can find those three to four schools that they love and that they can get into. Somebody wrote a book once called eight first choices. If they can find their eight first choices, so they'd be happy at any of those and they can get into some of them. The stress level, that's another really practical thing that students can do is just find, go find those schools uh, that you can get into because then your whole is going to, your whole stress level is just going to go down. Isn't there something also to be said for not necessarily, <laughs> you can tell, you know, so there are, there are parents that are like, cracking the whip on their kids and I'm the 
opposite. I'm trying to pull it back. I feel like there's all these terms she's coming home with, like this would be a stretch school. I'm like, girl, you just got your first semester high school GPA. Why are we talking about stretch schools? <laughs> so, but isn't there a value well, into like not going to a stretch school? Isn't there value in like going to just a gr- like a great for you school and having an amazing time? I don't know. Totally. Yes, of course. I mean, and 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 and, and here's what I think is like, I don't want students to think that they shouldn't have those schools on their list. I just want them to be in proper perspective, right? Great. Let's have that, those two dream schools that would be like awesome to get into, but let's not make this the focus of our process, right? Let's focus on, I like the term foundational schools. So those schools that are not like backups, but are foundational, but it's like, if we can get into those and think of those as the foundation of our process, then great. Let's lock those in. And then anything above that is like bonus. And then everything above, above, quote unquote, above that is like super bonus. So it's just sort of reorienting and going, and really this is going to sound like super, I don't know what, but reorienting how we're defining success. And so that's a question that I'll ask families sometimes is like, how do you determine a successful process? And if they're saying, if I get into Stanford or not, then I'm like, "Mm, Mm. can we, can we talk about that? Like, is there another way, another metric that we could use for like, what would look like a successful process? Like, I don't know, being happy. Yeah. And what, so how do you help them define, like what to you, what for your daughter, she's seven, but what would be a successful process? Mm-hmm. How, would I, you, how would you help her define it? Yeah. I, I want her to learn a whole lot about herself. If we're talking just about college admissions, like if we're talking about high school, I want her to make a lot of friends, have cool experiences, uh, be good to people, like have something that she's involved in that is about contribution, giving back. But in terms of like the college admission or application process, and wow, it's hard to imagine this, but like, yeah, whatever, 10 years from now, I hope that she, I'll just say to her, you know, you, what I say to students is like, I really hope you learn a whole lot about yourself and take this as an opportunity to dig deeper and ask some really big questions about who you, who you are, who you think you are and where you think you're headed. Because I think that's the most important part of this. And if you can come through this and say, yeah, I learned a whole lot about myself and I produced some pieces of writing that I feel like really represent me. And then there's a kind of lightness that happens with some students where they've done that. And they're like, Hey, that's the, that's me. That's Mm -hmm. the best I could do. And then wherever I get in is where I get in. Of course. Yes. I want students to like research schools and have a wide range, but if you've got like a wide range of schools that you're applying to, and you've worked hard and learned a lot about yourself and you've done your best on the application. Like to me, that's a successful process. And you will see students that are still attached to like Stanford or not the Stanford or bust. And then there are other students who are like, you know what? I feel like I, I got a lot of this process wherever I get in is where I get in. And that's kind of how I know, you know, in like whenever December, if a student has like gotten it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kim is doing a great job as a journalist asking these questions. I'm trying to react as an actual parent who's actively getting this information. And I want to let you know kind of what's going through my mind right now. My first instinct, and like, th- this is not a no, but this is a yes. And okay. Um, have you ever considered doing like group counseling? Because whatever you say, like my daughter's friends are going to drive her opinions and emotions like more than anyone else, more than us, more than any teacher, your friend group. That is where all of this appears to be coming from with other children who are saying the same thing. And I'm not saying that any of them are bad influences. I'm saying that the power of that group sometimes can overpower anything that I say. It may overpower anything that a guidance counselor says. And you would kind of go back to the conventional. Yeah, but this is the way it's always been. This is what they're saying. I've got to get a four point blank blank. I've got to take all these classes. Yeah. Um, how do you respond to that kind of peer 
like peer influence? I mean, it's it, so the, the, to answer your first question in terms of working with groups. Yes, absolutely. Like, and, and like every, like my, the blog, the YouTube channel, the podcast, like everything in, or the, you know, I do these like pay what you can courses is, is ba- like, Hey, let's talk to like large folks all at the same time. And a, and a large part of it too, is like speaking with counselors. So I do a ton of work with, with counselors and, you know, here's in terms of talking to the students about this. Now I'm not telling them things that they don't want to know. I'm sometimes just providing another person, another point of reference for saying some of the nutritional things that we're talking about, which is like, sort of the anxiety reducing thing. So in part, I guess an answer is just, you know, being another voice in that I, I, for each one, I think it depends on the question that the student is asking or the the thing that they're saying. So if they're saying, for example, yes, but I need to get a 4.0, it's like, great. Why? Like, why is that important to you? Well, I, I, I think, the, yeah, I think the most general question is what can I do to become more attractive to these colleges? Like that's the big underlying question, right? which probably leads to a bigger answer. And that's probably what a parent wants to hear when they're, when they're, when you're talking to the child or when you're talking to them, sure, sure, which sure. I know and is then, not what you've been talking about. You've been talking about like okay. changing your mindset, but that's like okay. the tiger dad's like, well, what do I do to get my, what, what, how, how do I give them the best chance to get into these yeah. schools? Yeah. And, and if we talk just about like numbers and stuff, it's like colleges want to know, are you ready? And the way that they know, are you ready to succeed in college is through the classes you took and how you did, like how hard are those classes and how well did you do? And so if we're talking just about like setting yourself up for like even being in the conversation for a wide range of schools, some of these highly rejective schools, then it's, yeah, it is getting awesome grades in the hardest classes for you. And that's really student specific. Underneath that, they're looking at a whole bunch of things. You know, it used to be that essays or sorry, that uh, test scores were the most important. That's sort of changing Mm -hmm. and other things are becoming more important. Things like essays, things like you know, to your teacher recommendations, things like your extracurricular activities. So all of those things that we kind of know are important. One of the phrases that I like that is, I think, true um, is that colleges are looking to develop a wide class. And so they're not looking for well-rounded students. They're looking for well-pointed students. (laughs) And so what that often means is finding a thing that you're super into and doing it a lot and doing it well. So and as so, a whole, they want that they want the entirety of the class to be well-rounded, not necessarily like each individual student well-rounded. Interesting. Exactly. And yeah, that would, and students yeah. get, they get in trouble because they try to do a little bit of everything. They try to play the violin and they try to, you know, oh, I'm also going to do a marching band. I'm also going to volunteer. And then they sort of look like every other student who's tried to be well-rounded. And so it's those students who like really went all in with rock climbing and found that they were, that was their jam. And they started this rock climbing club. And suddenly there was like this thing that's like, Oh, the rock climbing kid. (laughs) My my buddy, Adam was a total bleep up in high school. Like he did bomb threats and stuff. (laughs) And don't do that. And he built an unbelievable set because he spent his entire time working on stage design for our senior play. He, as a result, got into Carnegie Mellon and now runs a company called Tate Towers that does like all of the Super Bowl sets. Oh, cool. Because he was point. He was well pointed. I think he's the best example of a well pointed individual, despite uh, the bomb threats. Did he actually? We've now just slandered him, honey. It's not slander if he did it. Okay. okay. But back then it was like, I think he was they, like calling from inside the school and they saw him on the phone. Right. Like they didn't no, even I call don't the think, police. I think he was he an was, idiot. Yeah. He, yeah. Let's, he's let's, my idiot. I love him. Yes. But he's up, but it, like his, he was so driven by that one thing. I think he's just a great example of that. Okay. When should, um, two questions. When should kids start thinking about this? 
and how can parents support slash get out of the way? Yeah, that's a great question. So I don't want students to stress about things like essays and even like test prep, like, like your ninth grader, like, don't like, don't even worry about that stuff. Like get good grades, take hard classes, you know, and then just do, do well in them. And that's sort of like, in terms of like, you know, setting yourself up for college success in quotes, like Mm -hmm. that, that ninth grade is a great time to do that because you don't want to look back and have to be the student who's like telling the story of like, why your grades have an upward trend because, you know, and that's for some parents are like, well, yes, of course, but maybe that's too late. So like getting great grades and then finding cool stuff to do in the summers, I think is a really, you know, I don't know if that's under talked about. It depends on who you talk to, but finding cool and fun stuff to do in the summers. And there's like the productive track, which is like, Hey, here's a thing that I want to do. That's going to be productive. And then there's also like the fun track of like, well, what do you, if you could just sort of make up or design your ideal summer, like, like, what would that look like? There's a whole, we can share this in the show notes too. I have a whole like timeline for this of like what, when to be thinking about when with like links to stuff, Mm. but then it's, yeah, when they start to get into junior year, then it's important to start thinking about, okay, do I want to test or not? Do I want to, you know, do SAT or ACT prep or those kinds of things. And then, you know, but continuing to get awesome grades, starting to think about, you know, who are those teachers that I'm going to, going to, you know, dial in as my folks who are going to write recommendation letters for me. And then I think the right time to start in terms of like college essays isn't until like the end of junior year, because you're going to change. And I'm speaking to like students, you're going to change so much between like junior year, like, like right now it's, you know, like it's like the start of the year, students are going to change so much between now and when they, when they're like, uh, you know, applying as seniors. So I, I think students sometimes obsess too early about their essays wait until like May, June of your, right after your junior year and use that summer and make that college essay summer so that you don't stress out so much when it comes into the fall. Cause when you're in the fall, you're just, there's going to be so much Great. that students are focusing on. So I just got a little freaked out that you called it college essay summer. <laughs> so I look, I remember the essays. I don't remember taking an entire season to write them, but I think it's good advice. And obviously people are reading these essays still, despite the number of applications, uh, particularly if you're someone who's on the maybe line, like that could be a deciding force, but sure. you did just say college essay summer. It takes think, a beat. Yeah, no, well, but I want to, I want to dive into that a little bit. I understand. Yeah. I want to know the truth. I think that sometimes students underestimate, like they, they sort of get into the process and they think it's going to take them like a week to write a thing. Yeah. And like, sure, some students can write a great thing in a week, but I think for more, for most students that I've met, it's like, it takes a little longer to figure out, well, what do you want to say? And so, you know, I don't think it needs to take six months, but I think thinking about, okay, just sort of setting yourself for the, you know, the, the, the time before when I'm thinking about transitioning into senior year, thinking about, you know, how do I brainstorm and write this thing. And I think, you know, it's like a, maybe a four week thing, you know, that, mm-hmm. that students, the process that they go through. So they have a thing that's like important to them because the other thing is they don't expect is like, once they finish their personal statement, which is that 650 word statement, they've got these supplemental essays because, you know, uh, Michigan wants to know, well, why do you want to go to Michigan? And they also want to know what's a community that you've been a part of. And so each of these schools, if you're applying to these highly rejected schools are going to have supplemental essays and it can turn into many essays. I'm not, I don't want to freak anybody out. There are ways of like reusing your topics, but you know, there, I think it ends up being more work than they imagine. So I think kind of mentally going, okay, summertime is going to be my time to do that. I think it's a good, good idea. So you've brought it up now twice and we probably need to talk about it. The whole test optional thing at first as somebody, I got 
great grades because just by sheer will and I just studied my butt off and I, I had I wrote an amazing essay but my SAT scores were incredibly average and I think I got into Northwestern and these other schools by a great essay I was like yes test optional tests like these, these standardized tests are garbage we should just throw them out but then you get into over the especially over the pandemic you know, the different schools in different areas, quite honestly, there's people in our community, they didn't have access to technology. So there was entire months they weren't learning. And then there's other areas where kids were, you know, in private schools where they never skipped a beat. Right. So an A plus in an honors course in this community looks very different than an A plus in the honors course in this community. So how a test seems like the only way to Right. To, to level set. And before you answer that, can you just give people who aren't super familiar with it a, a concept of like what the landscape is of test optional, where it exists now and kind of where it seems to be going? For sure. Yeah. So test optional was kind of a niche thing. I mean, there are certain schools like Bates, for example, that have been doing it for years. And over the last really over the last couple of years with the pandemic, more schools have been saying, you know what? Not every student can take a test especially students, you know, who are from, you know, neighborhoods where, yeah, we don't, they don't have, you know, testing sites mm-hmm. or schools that just aren't, that are under-resourced. And so they're like, you know what, it's probably more fair if we make testing an optional, because it used to be like required from m- most schools. And what a thing that's happened is that many students have freaked out and gone, well, wait, does that mean that I should test or shouldn't test? And what I would say is like, <laughs> we have this Susan, a uh, counselor who works with me, we have this joke that the college admission serenity prayer is like, focus on the things you can control and let the rest go, you know, let it go. So um, what are the things you can control? So when it comes to test optional, the question you got to ask yourself is like, do I want to test? And do I, and if I do want to test, then, okay, do I want to, and there's a whole blog I can share with this in the show notes. I'm like, how do you decide? And, you know, do I go early decision, early action? But the question is like, do I want to test? And and part of that math is like, do I think that I'll do well on the test? Um, do I think that, you know, this is, do, do I, do I enjoy testing? Cause there are some students who are like, just like, no way that is not my thing. I don't want to stress out for a few months doing test prep, but that's just going to make my life worse. Great. Then look at the schools that are test optional, which is like more than, I think it's more than at the time of this recording, it's more than like 1500 there's, wow. and you can find these at fairtest.org. Um, there, there's just a huge list of test optional schools that are available to you that, and don't test. And when schools say we are test optional, they mean it. They really mean it. Some schools are test blind, which means they won't even look at test scores. You know, I'm in California, the UCs, at least at this point, won't yep. even look at tests. That's right. So, so don't do it, but, but focus on what you can control because if you decide, okay, I'm not going to test then great, go find something else to do with your time and energy. Mm-hmm. But if you decide you are going to test and you're one of those students who's like super motivated and like, I'm going to, I'm going to crush this. I want to do this, then do it. Great. And then decide, okay, I have my score. Do I want to submit it or not? And that becomes a separate question. Again, a thing that you can control and get input on from like counselors who know, but I would say sometimes students balloon it. I would say just chunk it and go, what are the decisions that I can control right now? Make a decision on it. Yes or no. And then that's going to lead to another smaller decision that you can kind of, you know, make the call on. Do they see that you've tested and not submitted or no? Or, okay. No, I mean, there, there, there's some schools that are like, Hey, we got to see all everything. But in most cases, they're not going to know. It's just like, you know, they just don't have that point of data mm-hmm. and when they're making the decision. So then if you don't do that, then ask yourself, okay, if I'm looking for to demonstrate to a school that I'm going to be awesome on their campus, 
bring them lots of stuff, then how are you going to do that? It's just like getting a job. You've got to demonstrate, you know, your skills, qualities, values, and interests that you feel like you're going to contribute to this community mm-hmm. at this campus. And so what are those things going to be? If you decide not to do testing, great. How do you reinvest that energy into something that is valuable, that is worthwhile, that's going to make a difference, you know, in your life and in the world? Um, and, and, and there's so many things that students can do that, that, and, and, and ways that they can spend their time that don't involve like, you know, bubble sheets. Yeah. All right. I'm looking at my checklist here and I'm, I'm mentally checking off some stuff and you've been very helpful with the show notes. So we have resources from you about the timing of when to ask these questions and when to start thinking about things you have shown, uh, you, you, you have the resource that shows where these test optional schools are. You have tons of resources on when and how to prepare for a college essay and what makes a good college essay and how to choose a college essay. I don't see anything about my anxiety of when we get to the point of rejection from a school and your child for the first time in your life, because I've been telling my kids that they can do anything. And this is the moment in our life when we say you can do seven things. You can, you actually, you no, that's not true. You, you actually can't do anything. It's where <laughs> dreams are narrowed down. This is so <laughs> like, I just like that moment for me is terrifying. I know she's not going to get into every school she applies to because she's not going to apply. She's going to be aggressive. She's going to shoot for the stars. Yeah. She's going to get into some schools, but that, like what I, I don't know if I'm going to have you on speed dial by then, but when that happens and look, man, we're talking more than two years from now. And I'm already stressing out about this moment when dreams are narrowed down. What advice do you give to the children and to the parents on how to deal with this? Yeah. Yeah. Go. So the first thing that you're doing is like the right thing, which is like, it sounds like you're beginning the conversation and you're getting really real with it. And the thing that I'll invite you to do is like, yeah, mentally fast forward to that time and notice what that feels like. And for some students and parents, that leads them actually to taking actions earlier on, for example, expanding the school list so that that you can kind of soften the landing there. And so the first thing that I'll say is like, yes, go ahead and have that dream or nightmare and then be like, what does that feel like? And what are some things that we could do early on? Again, expand the college list so that it's like, and, and there's a way my friend calls this Murphy Jitsu, where you kind of like imagine Murphy's law, you know, worst case scenario, mm-hmm. and then ask yourself, one, how surprised am I we do this one to 10 that it went this way? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like ask you, let me just ask you right now, Penn. So one to 10, how surprised are you that your child did not get into these highly selective schools? One to 10, one being not at all surprised, 10 being shocked. Well, she hasn't applied yet, but I would imagine that it's no, going to be it's, it's going to be a two or a three. Right. Yeah. So then yeah. ask, well, well, then. And the only reason what? it's not going to be a one is because I'm an a-hole who thinks that my daughter is perfect. <laughs> and there's nothing anyone can say to I don't change know. I my feel mind like she's about gonna, that. She's going to pull it. I, I really just fully expect her right. to get into but, like but, all these. Okay. Schools. You're not like, see, I'm better at Murphy Jitsu. I actually do this all the time. Like, he what? believes the worst. No, I'm like. No, I think I, she's going to be great. I, I'd be well, a two or a three. The answer is a two or a three. Okay, so I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm like seven or eight. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> and then, so then see, see before where it was like, great. Well, what can we do earlier on to give her the best chance, right? At some of these things, but also again, to sort of soften the landing of that. And then I want to like encourage you to like invite her into that conversation and be like, Hey, let's fast forward to, you know, whatever may of your senior year. And imagine that you've gotten these acceptances and some of the rejections, like, how does that feel? And just like talk through, like, wow. what's that like? 
And then that, I think what that does is then you co-create an action plan around it that you're both, you know, aware of and sort of have, have things. And then she's still going to be disappointed. You're going to do this planning and you're going to do all yes. this stuff. And she's still going to, and she's going to be more disappointed than she knew that she was going to be. And that you thought she was going to be. And then just do the thing that we do as parents, which is just like hold her and just be with her and just love her and, and listen to her and be like, yeah, this totally sucks. And the thing that we know how to do, right? So this is going to suck. So, I, I, I'm, not, I'm happy can to I, hear it. Can I, just, yeah, yeah, I feel like we've done some marriage counseling here. Can I pitch something? <laughs> oh. And then Ethan, you tell me if this is a good plan. Okay. What okay. if, honey? Are you looking at me? Yeah. Okay. What if we just don't get involved and we leave this to her? Like, is that, like, can we do that? I, I, can you tell me, can you do that? Yeah, I'm curious I, to hear. I think with some people we could. I think that my daughter is heavily motivated. Yeah, she's so I think motivated. She's, I think that she is understandably influenced by, and by the way, she has a great group of friends. She really does. I've met no, them this all. isn't the friends. This is the she, school. But, yeah. but what I'm saying is she, like her inner circle and her outer circle are all focusing a, a lot on these things. And I, I think that just some, a little bit of guidance you don't want to do too much, right? But maybe like nudging her toward a, a, a reframing of her, of the way that she looks at this. I don't know that she's going to be able to do that without our help. Okay. Can I make a book recommendation real quick? Yeah, please. The Truth, the Truth About College Admissions by Rick Clark mm-hmm. and Brendan Barnard. Rick Clark, by the way, he's the Georgia Tech Director of Admissions. Totally get him on your podcast. I can connect you. He's awesome. That's a good school. And it is a good school. Um, and um, he, he, he has a whole book on like, here's how parents can walk with students through this process, you know, and, and how to sort of recenter and have some of these conversations with them. Um, I know you, you're a very busy person and you have a blog and you have a podcast. You're very, you have, important. You're very important. Yes. Here's, here's my question. And you, you mentioned this and I just want to make sure people hear this to me. My first reaction when we like, as I'm hearing old kids with, uh, or parents with older children tell me like, Oh, just hire this person. Just hire this person. Immediately. I went to what happens to the kids who don't have parents who can afford this. Yeah. So tell me what, what free resources and what people can do for free to help their kid. Totally. So there are a couple things. One is like, that's something that's been on my heart and in my mind for since I started, you know, doing this and one specific thing that we can do that we do is like, we do these pay what you can courses, Mm -hmm. which are walk students through all those things that you think would be like gated and like, you need to pay thousand dollars for this. I give them away and people can literally pay $1 for that. And that's stuff that I do like over the summer. The other thing that we've, that we've shifted to is we've shifted to a one-to-one model. So with our families in particular, when for every student that we work with that does pay, we have, we work with a student for free. Mm. And that's going to expand to like a thousand students this year. And, and I, and I say this, and I want to say this publicly, because I hope that other companies will start to do more of this. It's sort of like a Tom's model, but it's, you know, for services. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are, I think that more companies should be doing this. So that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. But also if folks just want to get resources, yeah, if you Google pretty much anything yeah. <laughs> related to college admissions and then add college essay guy, you'll probably see either a YouTube video or a resource on that particular thing or that particular question. And another thing that we can link in the show notes is we've got this hub of like sort of like our greatest hits of resources. And it's got several of the ones that I've mentioned already. And if you just, if you're a motivated student or, you know, motivated parent, you could just walk through those resources and it's going to tell you pretty much all the things that you would need to know 
even if you you know hired somebody for thousands of dollars. So all this stuff is out there and we've curated it and put it on this particular hub. The first question I had, I had a whole list of questions that we didn't even get to, but the first one was, how did you get to be the college essay guy? <laughs> how, totally. did, how does this happen? You, you, no one, you know, remember that old commercial from the eighties? Like no one says I want to be a drug dealer when I grow up. Well, no one says I want to be a college essay guy when I grow up. So the, the, the night, the 60 second version is I studied uh, writing and I was a theater nerd in, in college, Love in it. high school. And I knew then, we were going to be friends. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> I was, um, and by the way, quick side note, this is going to take more than 60 seconds, but my daughter is so stoked on Hamilton and we're going to see it tomorrow night. Yes. I know. We're so excited. We were, she was singing in the car. She's like Hamilton, like demanding it. No. Anyway, so uh, theater nerd thought I wanted to do that for a living, started to go down that path when even went to grad school for acting. And I got this side job um, helping students with their essays. Meanwhile, my best friend was at USC for screenwriting and I was stealing his screenwriting education and bringing it into my sessions with students, my essay sessions. And they were writing better stories. And I was like, Ooh, I could, I could get into this. And so I started a blog, started presenting at conferences to counselors. Cause they're like, Ooh, that resource is really useful. And it grew and grew and grew. And I realized like, I want to say like six years ago when I did this counseling program that it was, I was studying narrative therapy and I saw how in my sessions with students, how some of them were reframing the events of their lives yeah. and making a new kind of sense of them and seeing like, oh, that this is, can actually be a really empowering thing. And I feel like it, then that's when it sort of became like, oh, this is like a, a modern rite of passage. This is like deep. Yeah. And that's when I was sort of like, this might be a thing worth spending more time on. So I pre it presents as the college essay, but it's really like modern rite of passage, you know, doing this personal growth. You know what you narrative did? therapy. You know, you know what he did? He, so you became the pointed individual. You pointed your, your desires into like your talents into one specific direction. And then you've helped people in so many ways beyond that. So I feel like I'm, I'm looking for like a good ending quote. And well, I think I, that was my ending quote. Well, I love the term narrative therapy. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, okay. So you have, so first of all, as a human being on this planet, I want to say thank you for your one-to-one -one model. And I totally agree that more people should do it because even throughout the pandemic, it breaks my heart that, you know, we have so many teachers reach out to us, you know, to help fund their wish lists on Amazon and stuff like that. I mean, there are some teachers who literally, there are students that didn't have touch a touch point with education for months and then other kids i mean our kids are so lucky they have like we had extra laptop i mean who has old laptops sitting around the house like we're so lucky right. we don't even deserve it so um so thank you for doing that where can everybody we're going to link to everything that you've just talked about but where can everybody find you on social yeah, what's the easiest thing to google all or look stuff? up yeah, just Google college essay guy. Perfect. Uh, you get I'm on YouTube, smash that like button, hit that subscribe. <laughs> oh my God, you're my son. You sound like PC. Smash that like yeah. button. Okay. So college college essay guy, that's you. Yeah. And then okay. and there's the and the, if they go to the website, they'll see the podcast okay. wherever fine podcasts are sold, and <laughs> um and there's and then the YouTube channel and but really if you literally and I said this already, but like if just Google something college admissions related and just add college essay guy to it, it's probably going to pop up anyway because yeah. we worked really hard on that. But just add college essay guy to any college related search, and you'll find some kind of practical guide. You're very prolific yeah. <laughs> on this topic, and as as parents just starting this process. Um, we thank you for you're just very like you're very zen, calm, and the ease mm -hmm. in which you talk yeah. about it. And it sounds like a pleasure. 
he does. He's very calm. We said that in the beginning and he has calmed me. Like, honestly, my favorite thing he said was that it's going to suck when they get rejected. Just hold her and just be there with her. And that's, I'm never going to forget that. So thank you so much, Ethan. As we go out, for those of you who made it to the end of this, thank you for listening to our podcast. Please hit the subscribe button on yeah. the podcast. Leave a comment that makes a big difference. And a quick update for those of you who listen to our podcast every week. And I'm going to bring Ethan into this conversation. I did promise that I was going to fart in a jar. Oh and God. smell it one week later Sorry. because we just had a conversation about it. It is harder to do than Ethan. you think. Like you have to, you Carry have to be jar like locked and loaded. You. And I've been getting some stage fright. Okay. When we, it comes to farting Ethan, in the jar. I'm so sorry that you have to hear this. I think he's interested. This uh, is the details, performance anxiety, but like niche performance anxiety. Correct. Yeah. Well, it, it, in a previous podcast, we talked about like, oh, here we are doing this, but these people are selling farts in a jar. And right. he's like, I want to sell my fart in a jar. And he literally has been carrying a mason jar around with him for two weeks. And I he, don't like, think it's a big enough jar. He can't, he can't quite get it. I'm it's, like, this is why they cost so much money because they're really hard so to capture. I just thought I would ask Ethan on the way out. Do you have any advice on how to successfully fart in a no, jar? Yes. Ethan, yes. please don't answer What do you this. got, Ethan? He seems really guruish. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was just kind of jokingly like meditate for a minute and just, uh, just. I don't know that I do. I, I imagine that that's a really difficult <laughs> thing. So don't. I just want to hold you, Ben, and say, like, there it oh, is. that sounds really difficult. Create space. That sounds really, that sounds really hard. And I just want to say that I see you. <laughs> see, that's what I needed. That Maybe that's what I needed. Ethan, I'm going to go give her another try. You are a joy. Thank you so much. I am going to be Googling college essay guy from now into the next four years. Actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm going to have Lola do it. I'm out. I think you were so not out. That, We're no, talk seriously. about that later. I no. can't wait to see this. No, I am. Okay, she's out. I'm out. Guys, she's okay. out. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart, and it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water 
it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 